Welcome to Heavy Friending. I'm Laura Lee Bishop, sitting here with my best friend, Joe Barlow. Hey, folks. That's it? Yeah. You were on a roll, so please keep going. We are here today with a very special guest. And uh, it's on your head right now. It's a what? big old hat. Okay. <laughs> I'm wearing a hat. Joe seems to be obsessed with it. This is you've the first time you've worn a hat. No, it's not. Yes, it is. In front for of the you, show? maybe. Yeah, for yeah, the show. for the show. Because I usually use the different headphones. And right. I can so wear I think it's worth mentioning because they're going to okay. notice a different type of Laura today. And I want oh, them to okay. know it's because there's a big old hat up what, there. What type of Laura do you think they're going to get? Like, how am I going to change, you think? Well, it's a uh, it's the hat a Western villain would wear. So A villain? Yeah. That's someone uh, who I mean, wears I would, all black. If I could film. choose between hero or villain, mm-hmm. probably choose villain. Okay. Um, yeah, so we have a very special guest today. Yes. Should we give hints? Your hat. Should we do hints? Oh. Um, oh, well, besides my hat. My hat's a very special guest, but we have another very special guest. Okay. Uh, oh, if I look to my right, maybe? Okay, yes. Look He's to your here? right. Oh, yeah. yeah there's this is a, a hint for here. the listener. Uh-huh. But I don't know if we can give hints because I feel like they're copyrighted. Okay, why don't you just go for it and we'll see if he looks disapprovingly at you. Let's just sing something in harmony. That's a good hint. Ready? Okay. I, I don't want to do Ready? that. Ready? One, two, three. That's everyone's hint. That sounded and good. He's pretty, kind of shrugging. Yeah, he's... No. <laughs> <laughs> we have Spencer Gibb here today. Hi-yo. Hi. Hi-yo. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, Spencer, Laura didn't explain your intro or why we sung in harmony, but the reason is because... You are essentially uh, rock and royalty. roll royalty. Royalty, yeah. Well, well, that's very lovely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. How does it feel? Yeah, is it crazy to you after all these years? <laughs> when people say things like that? Yeah, kind of fucking. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you are. I mean, when you think it's... it's it, The Bee Gees... Mm-hmm. It's one of the biggest bands in the entire yeah, world ever that's existed. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't know until I met you really the the depth of their career in terms of production and things like that. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, really magnificent. I mean, one of the most successful production teams of all time, and they're I think, you know, they're in the top, like, they're always in like the top five most successful songwriters of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it just fluctuates depending on who, whether like them or the Beatles sold more records that week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what wow. I mean? It's sort mm-hmm. of like, you know. Um, and I think the only artist to ever have a number one in like four independent decades. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, there's lots of records that they broke yeah. over the years, for it's sure. It's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. totally nuts. So, Spencer is the son of Robin That Gibb, is correct. Um, which probably made your childhood really fucking weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and but it probably seemed normal. Right? I mean, yeah, you don't really know anything else. That's exactly where I was going to go. 
um, because I was born um, sort of, well, I I was a little kid at the, like the height of that crazy, like late 70s success. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember having a police escort take me to school. Wow. That was like, you know, that was the sort of shit that we used to, uh, that we used to have to deal with. Um, And like going to the movie theater meant my dad having to like rent one out. And, you know, so it was just like us. And, but I didn't realize that other people weren't like that. It took me a while to to kind of figure that out. And then, you know, that led to, you know, obviously inevitable like bullying, I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Why don't these people like me?" Right. You know, so like, you have a, you're going to have a lot to to tell us about mm. making friends, and uh, I yeah, need so, to know because I'm going to be you, famous. Obviously, you need some friends. Well, no, I'm yeah. going to. I need friends. Need help. Yeah, I need help. But also, I'm going to be. I'm going to be famous one day. I'm going to be. You're going to be. You're going to be super famous. famous. Yeah, and so I need to know how to navigate that. You know. Mm-hmm. Those friendships. And I need to know how to navigate as a, exactly. as a person on the sidelines. Exactly. Riding her coattails. That's oh, what I'm going to do. And I'll do. let you. Or, you can or hang navigate on. being like just ditched once she does that. <laughs> that I do that need to know about thing. abandonment. Yeah, you, that's yeah. very important for me. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, Spencer, she won't call me. Back. And that's what he would deserve, though, because what? how long have I tried? I've tried. Well, and, we have and, a bond now. Oh, so now you're backtracking. <laughs> well, if you're famous and rich, <laughs> then I'm all in. <laughs> so, yeah, you need to sort of lube, lube, yeah, yeah. lube this up a little more. See, Spencer's you know. already helping me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do what we always do, which is... Uh, Waste your time. Fucking Patreon thing mm-hmm. for, like, you know, the 10 of y'all that have decided to support us. And that's another thing. I'll remember that when I'm famous. I'll remember the people who supported us What will you podcast. do to the people who supported you? Uh, handies. Okay. <laughs> and uh, that's now we yeah. have to add that on our Patreon. <laughs> on our, yeah. That is There's actually a handy tier. I mean, that is better than you know, f- like front row tickets or backstage. I mean, you could have led with that, but you went straight for handy. <laughs> I feel like it's just like one, and you get it done, and you knock it out, and you know, you oh, they to, only get one. It's well, you redeemable get one, you for get one, one handy, mm-hmm. and but it, but it's whenever you want. So you know, pick I a may moment. pick a time, and I'll we'll we'll do it. Um, all right, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Spencer Gibbs. So excited. I feel like what you've said is illegal to promise. I probably is. Okay. It probably is. <laughs> Exchange of money for yeah, so sexual. Quite literally the definition of prostitution. <laughs> Fuck. It's slightly more indirect, but it is still still there. But I think also. No, because I'm not saying I'm going to give you a handy because you gave me, like, it's not a reward for giving me money. I'm saying that's what I do to the people who support me. And you've supported oh. me, and so you'll probably get a handy out of it, is what I'm saying, okay? okay. Yeah, it's not a promise. Yeah. It's, it's a, a suggestion. It's a possibility. Yeah. It's, it's just, certainly not going to hurt. If anything, yeah, yeah, it increases yeah. your chances of a handy. Uh, for yeah. sure. But it's not guaranteed. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, no different than, say, going out on a date with someone with, mm-hmm. with the expect, expectation that you'll hook up later that exactly. night. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe knows that doesn't happen. <laughs> it, in well fact, aware. I think it never happens for <laughs> <Yeah>. anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's your normal life. Yeah, that, that it does actually happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. We'll be right back. <laughs> oh, that was all there? <laughs> that should just be the Patreon, us <laughs> discussing the legality of what you've said. Yeah. 
Guys, you're listening to Heavy Friending, and we are playing the hits. Hit after hit after hit here mm. of Heavy Friending. We have not one, but two years worth of hits here, just like the Bee Gees. Yep, only two. Two years of <laughs> hits, guys. Who else do you know has two years of hit podcast episodes? Some of your favorite moments, Couldn't like... name one. Some of your fam- favorite moments, like... And I'm not going to play it because I don't want to go back to old episodes. Uh-huh. And like this. It's not a reward for giving me money. I'm saying that's what I do to the people who support me. And you've supported oh. me, and so you'll probably get a handy out of it. So these are all just clips from the mm-hmm. current show? Yeah, sure. What we're talking <laughs> I'll about. I'll just do earlier <laughs> clips, yeah. <laughs> and all you have to do to, to, to get onto this hit train, this, this hit-making duo here, to mm. get onto us, yeah. is to go to patreon.com slash and give any amount of money. Money. Mm-hmm. To us, you were doing so well. So I know it's you can't always make hits, you know. Sometimes yeah, two it's rubbish. Was a lot. I said rubbish is that the, that's a British thing, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, that was in honor of you, Spencer. So go to patreoncom friending donate and help us today. Hand job guaranteed. Oh. Hand job not guaranteed. Remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> FDIC. Equal housing lender. <laughs> And we're back, folks, with Spencer Gibb. Ugh, and, so uh, hard. You know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, Spencer's connection to the Bee Gees, but I think my favorite Spencer connection is that he's a fan of this podcast. I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that, because I read your Wikipedia page today. Really? I think that should be on your Wikipedia. He has a pretty hefty a Wikipedia? wiki. Mm-hmm. It's a good, good I length. Want a and, it's, and a lot of it's actually needs to be updated like i didn't do it yeah like it's just been like through my work in the industry and but, but there's like like a lot of people i've talked to be like you know you should get that updated because that's sort of there's a couple of things that are like factually inaccurate Ooh, let's go through <laughs> it okay so the one thing that jumped out at me was that your mom was brian epstein's epstein's um, like personal manager, personal manager yeah, of she, the Beatles. The Beatles manager. She was the Beatles personal manager. Brian Epstein's, and then she was the Beatles publicist. Man, the mu- incestuous, the music industry. Oh, it was crazy incestuous. Yeah, like, incestuous. It was, a, it was a really small scene back then, mm-hmm. you know. And that's how that's how she met my dad. Brian Epstein and Robert Stigwood were partners in NEMS Enterprises, and so Brian had the Beatles, mm-hmm. and Robert had Cream and the Bee Gees. And there were a couple of other like acts that were associated to like they uh, Robert discovered Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber and started their career. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yep. <laughs> Cats, so, the yeah. musical. Oh. <laughs> okay, later we have to discuss that fucking trailer. We, Ooh, we, we can, can do it now. It right I mean, because <laughs> first I want to say I'm creeped this. Out. It's extremely <laughs> disturbing, but I didn't want to see it until I saw the trailer. So. Mm. There's that. So it did the job of it a trailer. It did the job. I was like, okay, I have to see this weird fucking movie. Like, there's just... So it's morbid curiosity now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's going to be bad. Yeah. But I want to see it now. I've always found the notion of a musical about cats starring cats very fascinating before ever, that trailer, just because th- it's, it's weird. But like, have you ever why? seen the musical? No. Okay. It's bad. Is it? It's there's no plot. It's just a parade of different cats with different weird names. Yeah. Singing about being this cat that does this thing. Mungo Jerry. Mungo Jerry and Rumple Tea 
Caesar. What's uh, the magical Mr. Mustafali? Every song is just a different cat's name and what the cat does. Cavities, a ginger cat. He's very tall and thin. Rum Tum Tugger is a curious cat. Rum Tum Tugger is a that's it's, what I thought um, Hamilton was going to be. Because the only oh, thing I knew all. was he's like, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> you thought it was My right. name is Alexander. <laughs> I thought he just kept repeating That's his name. kind of what Cats is a little bit. I, I think it is. And Now, when I was a me, kid, I loved it, though. Sure, Full disclosure. Because, but when you're a little kid, who doesn't love people just wearing cat suits <laughs> exactly. running around yeah. doing exactly. stupid shit, right? Right. I mean, the weirdest thing about Cats for me is that, like, Tim Rice is one of the best lyricists, like, period ever um you know musically speaking you know Andrew Lloyd Webber has I have mixed feelings about mm-hmm. um depending on the project but they've done some they've done some really cool shit together like mm-hmm. you know Evita was it was mm-hmm. cool um you know Joseph and his amazing technical dream coat Jesus Christ superstar they're all like and there, there's a kind of out there concepts yeah. but there's actually some really cool shit going on Cats is without a doubt my least favorite thing they ever did. And yet it's the most successful thing they it's ever crazy. did. It's like the longest running show on Broadway I saw it ever. on Broadway when I was a kid and I mm. loved it. Yeah. I was like, oh my People God, the cats come out into the audience and they fucking with you and stuff. And What about this? Jesus Cats Superstar. <laughs> Jesus is a cat. They're all cats. Is it, are they all, oh, so, uh, lots of crucified cats? Well, Pontius, yeah, Pontius, alert, Pilot, <laughs> Pontius Pilot is a dog, though. Oh, I like that. That's the twist. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? And you could incorporate some of the songs, like, you know, like Little I'm a Rum Tum Tugler. Rum Tum you know, Tugger, yeah. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, is it not Tugler? Rum Tum Tugger. Okay. I don't think it matters. That's what I'm going to give to the Patreon. You know, and then you mix that people. with a little Judas. <laughs> some Rum Tum Tuggers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we brought it all together. Yeah. And yeah. that's beautiful. And that's what music does. That I mean, was great. Fact, what, you ju- yep. what you just did Gotta was great. Got to get back on um, track. I appreciate that. But yeah, I, did, so, but the th- I do have to say, though, that the, the thing that... And I probably will be in the same boat as you. I will end up seeing it. It'll probably be on like iTunes. It won't be in like a theater. But part of me gets the audience immersion experience with cats. You know, like cats are running mm-hmm. around the room and like they're pouring you. But it's still just like people with like cat suits on that basically look like they're at some cosplay orgy, right? <laughs> That's really how it fucking looks, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, but it is what it is. It's like guys wearing furries. Mm-hmm. The... The CGI trailer for this film is creepy because it's like these hybrid human yeah, cats. Yeah, it's weird. And they've got, like, it's Judy Dench's face, but then it's just like this it's, weird cat yeah. body. And it's... It's not right. It's not... It ain't right. It ain't right. That's we what don't, we say where we I'm from. It ain't right. Species. It ain't okay, fucking right. Okay, calm down now. What? Calm down. Are you pro-mixing You're taking species? it too far. <laughs> Let's make a promise, the three of us right now, that oh, we sure. will... I'll go see it together in the movie theater. <laughs> Opening night. That's a promise I am not willing to make, even as a joke. <laughs> on, the con- on the condition that we have to absolutely not be sober. Yeah. That, oh, well, that no, cannot happen. No, no, no. Well, I actually no, 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 do no. have cat ears and a cat tail, so it, Checks would be, out. it would be very fun to dress up that way and go bother people. Get kicked go out of the, the theater. Yeah. Like, yeah, go around the motion. audience. <laughs> 
It's like a 4D type Maybe thing. we yeah. could pitch this to... Um, Open up little cans of cat food around the theater so people can really smell yeah. Oh, yeah. the food. I love 4D, yeah. What if we pitch to them... And, you know, cat, since, and cat litter. Yeah. Dirty cat litter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to get their senses involved. Yes. But I think we pitch this to a theater. We say, hey, you know, we're all musicians at this table. No. Of, you know, about equal no. level and quality. No. And we offer to come do a little pre-show where we're all cats. Maybe we sing a Josie and the Pussycats song. Um, oh, other cat, cat themes. Theme, yeah, but we yeah, don't yeah, sing yeah. anything from the musical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do other cat-related mm-hmm. songs. And then we're getting people in the mood. We're throwing feces about. <laughs> it's really going to set the yeah. mood. Doo-doo feces, as Michael Jackson would so say. So if there's any theater <laughs> owners. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? <laughs> He's talking about something where, that they did to him. And he says, there's doo-doo feces all over the walls. <laughs> I'll stick it in right here so people can hear it. Once I went in the restroom, they locked me in there for like 45 minutes. There was doo-doo feces thrown all over the walls, the floor, the ceiling, and it stunk so bad. (laughs) Okay, Spencer. (laughs) Let's get back to... That was a good tangent. Everyone wanted to hear your thoughts on that, by the way, Spencer. I wanted to hear it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, How did we get to that? We were on the Beatles, you know, the Beatles, Beatles Robert Stigwood and Andrew Lloyd Webber. And, yeah, 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 so, yeah. So yeah, so then and how your family's incest? Yeah, did basi- incest basically, to make you. Just, uh, yeah. like how, how basically in the sixties in London, everyone was fucking everyone. Yeah, <laughs> which is actually kind of true. They were. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is look at who everyone dated, and mm-hmm. it was just a really small circle of, mm-hmm. of you know. It was a crazy time period. Yeah, so you may have some other siblings out there that you don't know about. Oh, I could have, I could have hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no (laughs) Um, but you know there was but people did you know especially before before they like married someone else they would um, you know there was a betting ceremony (laughs) basically there was a pool of people I mean it was kind of like shit Austin's kind of an incestuous town too it is really only one degree of separation from someone having dated someone else Mm -hmm. and it was the same kind of thing in London, plus it was the 60s. Yeah. You know, and then someone would leave someone else and then they go marry their best friend. I mean, look at, you know, George Harrison and Eric Clapton and that whole That's right. Yeah. That whole thing. And it was that kind of time. And then, see, so yeah, Brian Epstein died and the Beatles went their own separate way and decided to start their own label. And then Robert moved forward with Eric Clapton and the Bee Gees and other artists that he managed. And... At that point, my mom had already met my dad through the office, and she got asked to actually go and start um, and run RSO with uh, with Robert. And she actually said no. She's like, I'll, "I'll help you out from the sidelines and consult with you," but she she wanted to have children, even though she was only like. 20, 21 years old. Wow. Yeah. So big mistake, right? Yeah, fucking big mistake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then you can. Yeah, you just look at it. I well, mean, no, it's like, a, so my no, grandmother had mistake. 11 children. My mom has 10 brothers and sisters. Yeah, my mom was one of seven. And wow. um, I was cleaning out her house and I found a news article about my grandmother in the paper about this lady who had 11 <laughs> kids. She in does town, a lot of, uh, which is crazy. They even wrote an article about it because it's New Jersey and she's Italian was, was and everyone was then, having right? a shit ton of kids. Yeah. yeah. But she was in the paper and in it, like, she was kind of. Like straight up saying how she regretted it. Like she oh, was your like, grandma? Yeah, she's like, I had all these dreams, and now I just have all these kids. Like it was. Oh my god! Was, wow. It was intense. That's but nice. Kind you of, have a little keeps. Yeah, it's nice to <laughs> to, to know my mom was cherished <clears throat> by my grandmother. But yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Eleven kids. Yeah. Right out, right out the V, like that. You know, natural. Oh god. Oh yeah. Right yeah. out the V. 
right out of as, the V. As the expression goes. Well, yeah. and, you know, and there's a lot of people that went went that far but ended up not, um, you know, say they got pregnant 11 times but they lost mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. and, you know, but they just still kept trying. I mean, can you imagine going through that? Like as – No. Right? I mean, just no. like – no, I want to grow my baby in a pod outside of my body. And we a pod? Can, in a pod, a clear oh, pod. pot. Or a pot, if, if, that's, if, if that works. If that technology is there, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, if you can grow in a pot, I'd like be fine with that. Tree. Like a little tree, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pot is more aesthetically pleasing, though. Like, but yeah, yeah, you, you can, can look in, style, yeah, you can look in and see what it's doing, and then you don't have to deal with any of the other stuff. It, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. Yeah, I think um, we will, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm planning, probably when I'm like 70, I'll have my first child. Um, it'll be beautiful. Um, <clears throat> but did you ever hook up with uh, fellow children of celebrities? Ooh, or celebrities themselves. Or I mean, celebrities let's go themselves. straight to the. Well, I'm just you know, your child thing, the child of royalty. Yeah, okay, go a there. prince, if you will. So, did <laughs> you ever meet a princess? Why don't we just go through whoever you hooked up with, famous or not? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have that kind of fucking time, man. <laughs> That's the rock and roll, baby. Yeah, for Joe, we just need what, like, oh, we don't 60 need seconds? a lot of time. Yeah, yeah we really yeah. don't. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could give you a list of people I regret hooking up with, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think we all probably have those. Um, no, I, I think let's move on from that question. Ooh, okay. We've so hit, I we've think hit the answer nerve. is yes. Yes, but you're not going to disclose who it is. I'm fine with that. I'll take it. And it, it. wasn't on the Wikipedia, so I can't even. Oh, yeah. So what? A guess. Tell me this. What are the inconsistencies on the Wikipedia? Because people need to know. Because they're, they're probably everyone's probably googling it right now. Mm-hmm. Probably. There were just little, little facts mm-hmm. got wrong about, you know, just like places I'd lived and education, mm. still, you know, that sort of Who do you think put that life. in there? Well, it could have been started by my old management company years back. Uh-huh. Um, it can be, you know, updated by fans. There's all kinds of different ways. You I'm going to update it. I'm going to put some wild shit in there. <laughs> wild. Oh, well, if we, Executive producer of Cats. We could cite film. this podcast as the source. You know how Wikipedia oh, yeah. cites it? So if he gives oh, us yeah. a tidbit that's yeah, yeah. not give on us there. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's like something that, that's you know wor- Miss- Wikipedia worthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. but maybe uh, not there yet? Um, okay, fun fact. Um, my DNA got sent into space. There we go. Yes. Fuck okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Someone do this. Figure out how to work no, Wikipedia we'll, I'm like that do it. and yeah. cite this podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, witty really. and charming hosts, <laughs> yeah. Joe Barlow and Laura Lee Bishop, extracted, extracted this unique tidbit of information. Yeah, it is quite unique. Your DNA went into space. DNA went into space. So was that a? You really uh, had a very uh, aggressive ejaculate. It was. It was <laughs> launched it into the stratosphere. <laughs> it was fucking pumping. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> like a, there was kind of a splat when it hit yeah. the outer atmosphere. NASA Whoa. was like, "There's something went, on the camera." Let's <laughs> 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 see. Wow. Yeah. yeah, they're like, we discovered a new life form. <laughs> new oh, wait, there's a smudge on there. <laughs> it's just Spencer's jizz. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck. This is all going on the Wikipedia now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be on it, unfortunately. That'll be the title be of it. More it'll, be the, it'll be the jizz debacle. Yeah. It'll, you know, you know, this, How they yeah, have the different it, headings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you may have some children out there. But the aliens, from space yeah, aliens. exactly. Wait, so, so how did cool. your how did it, they uh, why where what and why and how? Um, so um, Richard Garriott, um, 
who's based out of here. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the company that he started. It was a gaming company. I think it was Origin, and I apologize to him right now if I'm getting it wrong. It's either Origin or Oracle or something like that. He's definitely listening. You never know. You never know. know. Yeah. I mean, the Wikipedia is um, going to drive a lot of traffic. Yeah, yeah that's to this. It's going to be a thing now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he he went to he went to the space station. He paid like the twenty million dollars to Whoa. to the Russians to go and live up in the space station for a while. And at that time, I was I was a spokesperson for a concept called Planet Makeover, and um, which he was heavily involved in, which was kind of a, it, it didn't last long, sadly, but it was designed to be like a Facebook for people who uh, wanted to give a shit about the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, so you share stuff socially about things you can do to make a difference, make a change, mm-hmm. you know, little ideas, big ideas, and kind of get the conversation rolling. It's also uh, given me an idea to a reality show called Planet Makeover, Okay everyone's you ship them to mars full facelifts okay you turn them like into an alien type look whoa yeah okay but that's just spitballing but go ahead let's work let's talk we'll, we'll talk about, yeah we'll yeah. talk later mm-hmm. yeah but we could also do like other cool stuff with that concept too like say mm-hmm. take all of the assholes that are involved in all of this nasty racist violence mm-hmm. and ship mm-hmm. them off to mars yeah. and then just shut the fucking door well really what i'd like to do is kind of create like a um a Hunger Games type situation and put them all into an arena and then see how they like it when people, when, when they they're unarmed hunt. and people come in with assault rifles. I think they'd be shitting their pants yeah. in two seconds. They don't want to die. It's so funny, all those people. They're always like, oh, they want to kill everybody. Ted Bundy, you know, he wants to go hit people over the head with hammers and put their heads in the fridge and have them all over his house. But he didn't want to die, did he? No, he didn't. He found every way in the book to try to stay alive. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dead now, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dead now, Ted. Uh-huh. He did. Staying alive. Staying alive. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. I tried to work it in, but there was... How long have you been thinking about I think that? a while. Uh, yeah. No, well, you, she just said staying alive. Oh, okay. And then I okay. said staying alive. Oh. Okay. So nice she time. inspired me. Mm-hmm. And that's but what this relationship is. I'm amazed. Is. That I'm, I missed that. So yeah, good thank on you. you. <laughs> I'm sure um, people at home were screaming it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I was... Richard Garriott was heavily involved in that. And so his people came to me and asked me if, like, they were basically getting a pool of people together to send, to take, he was going to take up the DNA to the space station and release it out into space. Like, so not even in a little envelope or something. No, like, actually on like, on, on, um, like a hard drive, like a chip. Oh, Oh. like your, your code. Yeah, my entire code. So they came to my house and they swabbed my cheek. And they, they put it all in a thing. Stephen Colbert went up there too. Stephen was, Colbert's wow. DNA is hanging so with you. So you have a hybrid baby of you and Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. And an alien. And an alien, yeah. yeah. it's quite possible. Wow. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Do, do you want to do it? No. Like me, me I don't want to go to space, but I'd love to put some DNA up there. Put some DNA up there? Yeah. That's right, brother. Yeah. That's right, brother. Put some little DNA up in that, huh? You yeah. just got to. You just got to do. You just got to do it real hard. hard. You got to do it real hard. He's been practicing, <laughs> she, I'm know, sure. She's. <laughs> she could probably give you some tips, being that she's, she's giving practically giving giving them away these days. Rumtum Tugger is a curious cat. Um, so Spencer, let's talk about let's talk about your friend your your friending. Yep. Okay. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, let's relate. Yeah, it to your the childhood was weird that you you discovered a- it was, after it the was fact. heavy, Laura. I believe mm, it, man. Good, good branding. I believe it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag heavy friending. <laughs> 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 
Um, tell us about the bullying. Tell us a mm, little about yeah. that. Oh, yeah, well, it fucking sucked. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that, um, and, you know, my heart really goes out to anyone that, that has gone through it or, or is actively going through it right now. I'm sure that there aren't too many six or seven-year-olds listening to this podcast. Um, Shouldn't be. Should go be. the fuck to sleep is what yeah. I have to say to them. <laughs> Shouldn't be. Uh, no. Um, but, you know, it's a terrible thing. And it's, and it's not necessarily something that as a child you even really talk about with adults because mm-hmm. part of it is sort of embarrassing. It's and so you, embarrassing. Yeah, and you don't really understand why it's happening to you. Um, so um, I was a pretty shy kid, which n- never helps anyway. I was shy for obvious reasons, you know, coming from where I came from, but also that's just who I was. Like I actually had to overcome a lot of shyness when, when I decided that I was going to be like a professional musician, which started in my early teens and like get on stage and jump up and down and do crazy shit. That's not what I saw in my head. I just actually wanted to write songs and I did want to perform the songs. It wasn't until I got to my first gig that I was like, Oh, fuck me. You had to do something. Yeah. Like I'm shy as fuck. I don't want like, and these, and I'm going to sing these songs that are really personal and they're about my life. And these guys are staring right through me. And what if I suck? And Mm -hmm. like all of these things that you would think people, you know, um, and I'd done theater in school, but this was different, you know, because it was like playing gigs, very personal. Personal. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was basically, it was at the core of me personally where I was shy and that was sort of came from my childhood. So, um, and I didn't, I thought guys were mean. I didn't like hanging out with men. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same page. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, but yeah, but like little boys, many of them are real dicks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just liked hanging out with, with the girls in school. Mm-hmm. Like, and in fact, most of my life, most of my closest friends have been girls. And, um, or guys that are like more in touch with like who they actually are as a person. Mm-hmm. But it was the same when I was a little kid. And, but that also kind of made the bullying sort of worse. And then there were other things that, you know, that made it worse too, like the times when my dad would come off the road um, or come out of the studio and be around and be present and he would want to take me to school or he'd, mm. want, to, he'd want to pick me up. Yeah. And which part of me loved. The other part of me knew that I was going to get bullied as fuck the whole yeah. next day because also you had this thing where... They didn't think it was awesome? Well, they probably did. That's probably why they attacked, right? I mean, and yeah. I think that's absolutely it. And also what didn't help is that you had all of these kids who were like in my class or like in my grade, all of their moms would just oh. mack on my dad in oh. front of their kids. Yeah. And who would pay for it the next day? Right. Little old me. Did you ever get all beat down or anything like that? Um, yeah, but then I, Physical. Dis- then I discovered martial arts. And- oh, Got my first black belt very young, and uh-huh. um, the bullying kind of stopped. Interesting. <laughs> that does <laughs> yeah. would probably help. Yeah. Yeah. Was your dad? Because you're talking about you know you were you're sort of shy, but then you can get on stage and do things that some people could never imagine doing. I mean, does your dad share that quality with you? Of like he was a shy guy behind the scenes, and then you know t- could turn it on. And I think he I think he was actually like. Um, uh, like very much so, he was very, way more so than, than than me. Like I learned how to be more, you know, and I and I love people. I don't like crowds very much, but I do mm-hmm. enjoy like personal company, sort of 
you know, smaller groups where, where it's good conversation, it's intimate. But Kind of like right now. Kind of like right now. Yeah. yeah. Great conversation. conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very intimate. Yeah. Yeah. It's intimate. Extremely yes. intimate. Mm. Heavy friending. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, daddy. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, he, he definitely was. And I've, I'd heard from, you know, I've heard from other people in my family that he was a pretty shy kid. But yeah, but loved the, loved the performing, loved the... The, that part of it and he started performing he was a child star in Australia so like he was like five or six years old like when he started singing so he was on TV shows and shit at that time so you can see him like sort of sort of dance monkey dance but then you know he was you know kind of very you know introverted I mean the stories that my mom tells me about him when they were teenagers was that he was you know very shy very quiet but a lot of those guys were you know my mom says the same thing about George Harrison and mm-hmm. Eric Clapton and um, um, you know my uncle my uncle Morris was like I mean was probably the most you know extroverted out of the three um, because he you know you know, before he quit, he quit drinking. He was the partier out of the three. Mm-hmm. Like he was the go down to the pub, yeah, kind of guy, and loved making friends. And then when he quit drinking, he was still that guy, but just in a different in a different way. Um, but yeah, my dad was definitely more introverted. Um, you know, I think that Barry is is at heart more introverted as well. Like um, uh, I, I think, um, but Morris was was pretty outgoing and Andy was really outgoing too. Um, enjoyed, you know, people and mm-hmm. in that way. What about your dad's friendships? You know, did you, did he have, did he have a lot of, like, you know, he, he know, he was obviously friends in quotes with a lot of musicians, but who were his really close friends? Were they other musicians? Were they people from his childhood or? No one, no one from, no one from childhood. Um, there was, I mean, it was mostly industry people, mm-hmm. but then again, this is a guy that had always grown up in the industry. Right. So, um, I think, I think what really sort of tends to happen to that generation anyway, like, and it's something that I, I'm aware of. And so I don't want to ever do this or be a victim of it, like regardless of success. But now of course we all have cell phones. So and mm-hmm. we have email and we have FaceTime and we can get in touch with each other, but I think you end up with a lot of close relationships in the industry that then kind of fall apart, because let's say you're good, you know, let's say you're Robin Gibb and you're good friends with Elton John, mm-hmm. um, and then you're off on the road or making another record. You don't see each other or speak to each other for like another three years. Right. You know, when you, when you get back together, it's like big hugs and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But, um, you know, these sort of fragmented friendships right. over the years and and how I really figured, like, figured that out for myself was when, like, I was really, really close with, with my Uncle Morris who was my dad's twin and... I was visiting him just a few days before he passed. And then when he got really sick and it was very sudden how he passed, mm-hmm. it was just over a weekend and he was still very young and I flew down to Florida and he passed while I was there. And obviously we were all in shock, but um, I didn't really grieve for about six months. Um, and it was when 
I, I had this moment where I felt like I wanted to pick up the phone and call him because I, I thought something was funny. I was like, oh, fucking mm-hmm. Morris, I think this is fucking hysterical. I've got to call him and tell him. And then realized that I will never be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I asked myself, why is it taking me so long to get to this point? You know, like I was there, it happened to me. And then I realized it's because I grew up in a family where you actually don't see people right. that often. You, like, you, get, you get all this quality time, say maybe at the holidays or on a short break and I'd, I wasn't living in the same city as, as him. So, you know, we talk on the phone every few months or we see each other maybe like twice a year and have a good time. But I was used to that my whole childhood. My dad would be on the road most of the time or in the studio. And then of course I'd be in school. So you don't see people as much. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with his friendships. I think, I think the same with, with, um, especially with my dad, you know, I think, um, um, you know, I can't, you know, Morris and, and you know, and Barry, I know had, had and have a lot of close friends, um, you know, when they stayed in like the Miami area. But, you know, I think my, my dad's friendships were sort of more, um, more fleeting. Yeah. You know, in terms of people coming in, back in and out of. Is that the way your friendships are now? My friendships? Mm-hmm. No, no. I think like when, um, for that reason, I want to keep, um, I try to keep in touch with people yeah. and like I make the effort. Are you listening to this, Joe? Uh-huh, yeah. Okay, because you should, you should pay it's attention. It's true, it's, it's important. It really you is. I, uh, I it will can't say always it. be everyone else reaching out to you. Sometimes you got to. <laughs> no, I agree. Well, I, I, this podcast has, has made me uh, think about friends. I never really thought about friendships as like their own thing, I think. You know, it was like, Oh, I have oh, so you, friends. So you're one of those. You're one of those people that takes it for granted, then, huh? Probably, 100%. and I'm, and it's very much like, um, oh, I want to go somewhere, or do something. Like, oh, let me ask uh, friends. To me, that was what a friend was. Was like, let's go do some, a fun activity together. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't necessarily the uh, an emotional connection or a like checking in. How you doing? You know. So this this has changed my view of that a little bit. I think. Yeah. You've, you've changed a lot, for sure, over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Joe painted that for me. It's oh, true. wow. I painted that. Painted that for me. Yeah. That was really lovely of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best friends. <laughs> Forever. Right, Joe? Uh-huh. Forever. Till death. Oh. Till so one of I us can... gets killed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By the other. No, but I think that's yeah. one of the cutest things that I've heard on this podcast so far. He's, he's you know, because the last one I listened to, and oh. it may have happened since, because I'm just at the start of season two. Okay. Was, and you were shit-faced. Great. But you were trying to get him to say that he loved you. Oh. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't, he hasn't said that to me <laughs> yet. Okay, so, but that was close. Till, he hasn't said that it. Thing He'll was, say it. He'll say uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Don't you sometimes want to be like, okay, love you. Love you, man. No. I love <laughs> you, man. That's not even like a... <laughs> but do you love me? <laughs> uh, what is love, you know? You know what it is. Do you love me, Cho? You're sitting here in front of Prince Gib. <laughs> okay, you can't lie. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in like family therapy. I feel like it too. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe, yeah, with certain, in certain definitions of that word, perhaps. Okay, I'll take it. That's pretty good. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. It's a good start. I, yeah. I love you, Joe. I feel like I'm, I was here for a moment. You, I you haven't are. even said uh, that I love, you know, a lot of people I've dated, so. 
Yeah, but what we have is so much more than that. So I don't really know why you're comparing. It's like apples and oranges. But um, <laughs> I, I do love you, Joe. Okay, great. So much. Mm-hmm. So much. Yeah. As a friend, don't get too excited. Well, as a friend, I'm making you uncomfortable, I know, and I it's know. sad. That's kind of really what's I happening. Use yeah, to help yeah. Me, but. he's not going to help you. He's not going to help you. <sighs> it's hot. Anyway, I personally think you should tell her you love her, man. I mean, I do. But I don't no, want him to say I mean, it if he doesn't mean. No, it, I mean, I don't mean today. I don't, I don't oh, think it's something you should in my life. You should. You should. Palm Maybe you don't have to. Yeah, on your deathbed. Yeah. I and and I'll be standing over you with a knife. You'll be bleeding everywhere, mm-hmm. and I want to hear while that while I watch the well, life you drain record, out of your eyes. Record that because that would be a good episode. Well, probably get um, a lot of. I'll downloads. record it, but it'll have to go in that special secret hiding place I have. I probably can't play it for anyone. Mm. Where I keep my trophies. What's the uh, funnest? craziest Ooh. wildest yes. Spencer Gibbs story mm. wild man I want to hear the wild shit and the wildest you know that you're willing to talk about well don't give him an out I want to well, put I'm him on the spot that, first that he, and then... he might just be like oh I can't talk about them but okay, there's okay. something he can talk about okay, it's okay. like he, the yeah, wildest within uh... I'm gonna you know I think we should probably move on and <laughs> And what I'll, you think and I'll, about and I'll it. Because Ooh, we'll end with that. That's a good ending. That's a good we ending. We end crazy. Yeah. A happy ending, some would say. Uh, Patreon.com slash heavy friending. <laughs> where there's always a happy ending. That's right. See, that could be a slogan. That could be. Whoa. And yeah. it rhymes. I'd it like to put that See, on See, this the... is that musical. This is why, you know, they, music is genetic, right? We all agree. You think so? Clearly, right? One of the first times that uh, we, actually the first time we met Joe, you asked me where my music came from. Mm-hmm. And I pointed to my crotch and said my groin. Yeah. So Is that where music comes from generally, Spencer? I think it's where Laura's music comes from. And I think <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and if you go and check her out, Primo, is it PrimoTheAlien.com? PrimoTheAlien.com, yeah, yes. It's, it's so fucking cool. But yeah, it, it all you. comes out of the V, baby. <laughs> it's all coming out of there. <laughs> where does your music come from, Spencer? Her V. Wow. My V. It's everything's so, channeled through. Yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's We're all my, connected. My music does not come out of your V. No, your music is It'd be a lot better isn't, if it was. Yeah. Your, your music is, comes out is of my very butt. generous to say. Yeah. <laughs> comes out of your butts, big steaming pile yeah. of shit, brother. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my music tend, like, I don't really know where it comes from. Because um, when I write for myself, everything tends to be um, kind of emotionally based. Um, so that's sort of what drives, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's, it's usually like sort of personal soul searching mm-hmm. type stuff. Those are the metaphors that are in there. Um, but like when I write with other people, it, things take like a very different turn. It's kind of like, I, I like to channel, say what they might be going through or what mm-hmm. they want to write about. And then I'll sort of kind of emp- empathically connect with mm-hmm. that and sort of turn that into you know, a sort of shared vision or, or their vision. So it's different for me. And I like, I get asked that question a lot, whether it's like, you know, just hanging out with people at the studio or in an interview where it's like, you know, how do you write? Where's your music come mm-hmm. from? And blah. I'm like, I can't fucking tell you. Cause yeah. like, I, I write differently on different days too. Like I write on the guitar or I write on the piano or I write some lyrics first before a melody or. People ask me that a lot too. Like, oh, yeah, do you start with drums or do you, I'm like, 
I don't know, it just depends. Just de- yeah. Sometimes it's just a car drive that's long and I get an idea. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, and yeah, I can't remember the last time I did this, but I just wrote a song for a Polish movie um, a few weeks back and they gave me this sort of loose concept of what they wanted it to, to sound like, um, like genre-wise. They wanted kind of like a sort of like industrial um, meets Tom Waits kind of thing. Okay. And before I wrote the melody and and did a, a Tom Waits impersonation for the demo to send them mm-hmm. for the guy in Poland that was actually going to sing the song, but I did all I built all of the production elements. I actually programmed a drum groove first because I could hear in my head how it should move, and I put a shit ton of distortion on it and stuff. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to write a song to that. Yeah, and that kind of inspired me. So that's. One of the only times I can think of where a drum groove mm-hmm. sort of got me off to write a song. Where a drum groove got him off. Yeah. You heard it here, guys. That's right. A drum groove, put it in the uh, Wikipedia, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A drum groove got him off. Yep. To write then, then I wrote a song. Then yeah. to write a song. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Then I'm just where do a you smaller think font. Cats, the musical, <laughs> came from? Do you think he started with the idea of Cats? Well, it's based on a novel. Then, I mean, oh. it's based on a book of so it started with stories. A book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just then, became what it is. I think he was like, ah, "I got to write something uh, here. What? What's this? What's this? What's this on the shelf? Uh, what's this? Uh, cats, cats, Runtum Tugger, uh, Mungo Jerry, Rumple Teaser. Uh, I can do something with that. Creative people, you can do something with anything. It's true, and I, it's you know, true. The funny thing is, I like speaking of good friends of my dad's, Tim Rice and my dad were good friends. Um, and over the years, I've gotten to spend a lot of time with him, and I I, I really love him. He's uh, he's such a um, such a great writer and such a great person too. And um, I've never gotten to ask him about that stuff. You know, like what the fuck were you guys thinking with yeah. the cat, with the cats thing, or like or like how did you why did you like why Jesus Jesus Christ Superstar? Like mm-hmm. how'd you come up with that? Mm-hmm. Like you know what were you smoking? I'm jealous. Or, I wish I like, came up with it. Well, and then Evita. Like, mm-hmm. so you just pick, like, just sort of, like, there's why not Malcolm songs, X? There's <laughs> things that I, that other artists do that I get so jealous of. And Jesus Christ Superstar is, as a concept, it's one that makes me very jealous that I didn't think of it. Well, I wasn't able to yet. I don't know. Well, sure. Yeah. But, like, an, a, more than a woman, that song mm. makes me jealous when I hear it. Uh. Because... The line is so simple. It's so simple. It's so good. But it's yeah. so good. Yeah. This person is more than a woman to me. That mm-hmm. is like, I wish I wrote that. Yeah. That's one of those songs where every time I hear it, I'm like, fuck, that is so, it's just so simple, but yeah. so true. More than, a woman, more than a woman to me. It's just boom. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. Prince, a- Prince Gip. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, it really is crazy. Yeah. What does it feel like? I mean, I can't imagine the pressure. The pressure, oh. especially as a musician. You know, I it just... Not, you know what? I don't feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to. Um, you know, and... Well, because I, I had this sort of um, myth in my head, like, say, as a teenager, when I was first starting out, that I would, that I would, I would, I would get successful and then you know, be my own person, you know, and not, and then not have nearly as many questions asked about my family. Mm-hmm. 
and that was me being incredibly naive to mm-hmm. how the whole system worked. So what ended up happening was I would do well to an extent. Mm-hmm. So I'd do a, a, a round of like a publicity circuit or a tour. Right. Boom. And maybe have a mild hit of some kind and then do it all again. But then you're going round and round and round to the next round of journalists, to the next round of interviews, the next round of like, you know, radio call-in shows. Mm -hmm. And they're all asking the same questions. And if they've never spoken to you before, they're going to ask them again. And so here we are now. I still get a lot of the same questions. And of course, you know, the fact that, you know, my my dad and two of his brothers have passed away like real young. I get even more of those questions. Yeah. So now it's you know. So I found a sort of level of peace with it, but I also found a point where I really just had to stop caring what people thought because you had these. There were people in the industry that. I'm not kidding. This is a real thing. There were people in the industry that didn't want to work with me because I didn't sound enough like my family. Mm-hmm. And then there were people in the industry that didn't want to work with me because they thought I sounded too similar. But there, there was a point where I had to stop giving a fuck about the comparisons either one way or the other mm-hmm. um, and and just be – I mean, I, all I wanted was for me to be me anyway. I mean, and that's the thing. And it's like I'm super, super proud of my family and everything that they've achieved. But at the same time, it's like – can you not think about that for a split second when you mm-hmm. listen to this? You know, when you're dealing with an industry right. person, it's like, fuck, it's just fucking crazy. Yeah. Do, have you found that people have wanted to become your friend because mm. of, oh, have the, you felt like your friendships sometimes are hollow or like, you know, does this person really like me for me or? Oh, I think so. Definitely. I mean, especially when I was younger, I think also because when I was younger, of course there were more of, you know, there was more of my family still around. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, like, do you think we're going to get to meet them? Are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. Do that? So there was that. And there was also um, the fact that my, my friend radar wasn't well polished, you know, because, mm-hmm. and especially when you're an artist, too, when you're like a teenager going into your 20s and someone who was bullied a lot, and now all of a sudden I've got a guitar and I'm on stage and, you know, I'm, meeting people, people are being really nice, they're being complimentary, you're getting laid, all of these mm-hmm. magical things are happening. And so you kind of you're, you're nodding your head like you understand what he's talking about. <laughs> what is, Just Laura, what is getting, getting laid? laid? We'll talk, what we'll talk later. I'll explain it to you okay. later. It's how you, your DNA ends up in space at the end of it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Orbit that shit. So, you know, yeah, there were a lot of superficial a lot of superficial relationships um, and there were um, that I didn't realize were necessarily superficial. And there were a lot in the industry too, like especially when the record industry was still like a real thing and there were labels, like I realized there were, there were people I'd meet in the business that would want to like say, take me to events, take me to big parties um, and kind of schmooze me. And I would actually really think that they liked me and I would also be under the impression that they wanted to sign me or do right. some work with me, mm-hmm. which is why I was fucking talking to them in the first yeah. place. But they were really nice and everything was like super cool. And then it turns out they just wanted to be able to say, oh, I'm, I'm hanging out with <laughs> I Spencer hate that. Gibb. It's so horrible. Yeah. yeah, I really had to learn that the hard the way. fuck? It's like a double-edged... Well, I mean, it's like, you know, in the one turn you get the meeting, 
before someone else may get one, but then at the same time, you don't fucking know why you're getting the meeting. It sucks. Exactly. What a mind fuck, man. Yeah, that was welcome to, you know, all of the early 90s for me. Golly. (laughs) Well, Austin, I get probably has a slightly better maybe reputation for that kind of stuff where it's a little more real, perhaps? Oh, it is. I mean, when I, it was one of the reasons I, I wanted to move here. At the time, there really was a great live music scene here when mm-hmm. I moved here, and I quickly became friends with those circles, and those circles and the people I got introduced to were incredibly talented musicians. And that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted around me. I wanted like that cultural inspiration in the way that people in London in the 60s did Mm -hmm. you know i wanted to be part of a community that actually just gave a fuck about music Mm -hmm. and cared about um and was maybe sort of more humble they weren't it wasn't all about being famous it was actually just about making great records and putting on great shows and working with each other and so we're getting away from that though in austin now we are it's Mm -hmm. sad because now it's very much like there's just so many strategic things happening with everyone now that it's like you can't even just like say, let's play a show or, I don't know. It's just. It's weird. And I mean, everything has changed. You've got so many, I mean, now you've got so many more people that live here. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one thing. You now have, you know, you have a lot more, there are a lot more musicians here now than there, there were years back, but um, you don't, overall, there's not the caliber of musicians that there was mm-hmm. when it was smaller. And of course, you've got more clubs and you've got clubs that have weird rules and sort of, mm-hmm. and it's a kind of, you know, a, a weird sort of corporate kind of structure instead of, you know, back in, back in the, you know, the old, early days of Austin that I remember, I moved here in the late nineties. I was still pretty much just a teenager, but, um, you know, the stories I've heard from the eighties, of course, mm-hmm. people say it was even cooler in a way yeah. back then, but it was still pretty cool. Um, late nineties club owners took bands under their wing, mm-hmm. you know, and nurtured them to just the, the same way they did like in sixties London. Mm-hmm. It was that kind of energy where it was encouragement and it wasn't just about the dollar. It was about the art and, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of clubs gave you free food. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you always got paid, you always got free drinks, mm-hmm. you know, it was just a community. Yeah. And that could exist again, but... Elysium, I just want to say Elysium, that's the spot right there. Yeah. That venue, John Wickham at Elysium is someone who nurtures. Nice. Talks to you about your music, wants to help your music, wants to help your show be better, wants to... Oh, he's great. That's cool. And you always That's get fucking too. paid when you play there too. Fucking Even if there's fucking two people, you get paid. He makes sure you get paid. That's Even when badass. he's taking a hit. And you know he is because you were just literally looking <laughs> at the looking fucking at the crowd. St- yeah. And yeah. you're like, are you sure that... And that's a, gr- a great guy. Just want to oh, say. Cool. For the record. Elysium. You guys should go there more often. I like Elysium, Austin. actually. It's a great place because yeah. it's just a weird I love a place where it's just an eclectic mix of people all hanging out together it's just yeah. not like one type of person like you're going to see someone there in like full goth attire you're going to see someone wearing like a mask Yeah, you're going to see some weird shit in there and everyone's just together I don't know it's, and, they, and they have like it's very queer LGBTQI yeah, friendly and, 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 and they have like like events too like I mean I don't know if they still do it but for years they did like the 80s night yep, once a week they still do it they just did was, one that was huge yeah yeah. They're great. Shout out to you, John Wickham. I love you. He's a great she guy. I do. He's a great guy. Well, I think one of the reasons I wanted to work with you is because 
I want to tell you this, nothing to do with your family because you got my music. Yeah. You know? And I just come off of somebody telling me, oh, it needs to be more modern and you need to do this, that, and the other. And, you know, you get it. I totally you get, get it. what I'm doing. So, that's, yeah. And you're you know, owning it. You're owning that shit. Thank you. Okay. I really appreciate it. PrimoTheAlien.com. <laughs> Go check it out, motherfuckers. How much are you oh paying God, them? Yeah. Speaking of making sure I'm going to take a little clip of that and just put it on my website when people log on. <laughs> Check it out, motherfuckers. <laughs> Maybe you'll end up in his Wikipedia okay. page. This is, okay, this and is then what, it'll link to your page. Yeah, when I, once I get one. I'll yeah. get one one of these days. Well, we'll work on it. Yeah, we'll work on it. Um, okay, these two things I want to do. First thing I want to do is I think we should do a British accent competition. What? And he should tell us who has the better accent. And then the second thing is, so I still want to hear idea. this. I still want to hear this wild uh, story. Mm-hmm. I'm still pondering, but yeah, I'll give you something. Okay. So, so should we take a break and then we'll do a competition? Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll take a break. We'll do our competition. We'll hear a wild ass. It's going to be wild, you guys. Oh. I mean, I just hang on to your fucking asses. And we're not building it up because it's going to no, be no, no. insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We I don't guess. have to say this. It's going to be even crazier than what we're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you think it's it crazy. is, Whoa. times by ten. Okay. I mean, we've we've heard the. Beatles. We've been talking about the Bee Gees. His jizz is in space, you guys. We got cream in space. Space space jizz. Space jizz. Space cream. That's a band name as well. It's great. And a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. The three of us could. Space jizz. Space jizz. Jizz in space. Jizz in space. Welcome back to Heavy Friending. This is Laura Lee Bishop sitting here with Joe Barlow and Spencer Gibb. Uh-huh. So we're going to do this now? Yes, we're doing it. <laughs> Clearly, we're doing it. Okay. Okay, we're, we're having the, the, the British mm-hmm. off. Okay. Oh, how about we get, you know, we need parameters. Now, do, okay. I, do I automatically just do win, I win, automatically. Do I, do I win <laughs> this fucking thing by just talking like this for the rest of the fucking show? Do I do it? You like, win. Is that how it, well, that yes. is you're the, the ultimate winner. winner. Because that's, that's, you know, that's how they do it. Or we could do a Scots accent. That'd be fun Scots. too, right? Right. right. Yeah, and... Uh, and all we could all we could be awfully posh. We could talk like this, mm. very, very wow. softly. So, hello, Joseph. See, so, what is your accent? Like, what is it? Where? What part of England? Or it's it's not. I don't. It's like it's what they call Mid Atlantic, which is like half American, half British. Oh, really? Like, yeah. Because so I grew part up of in, it is I, American. Yeah, as I grew up in New York, and I grew up over there, and so like when I go over there, everyone thinks I'm everyone thinks I'm American. Mm. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And in here, a lot of people can't figure out where I'm from. A lot of people think I'm Australian or maybe mm-hmm. South, South African or something like that. Um, but yeah, because English people don't talk like me. Like they talk like I just talk to you and they talk like this, love. Love. You know, I'm fucking talking You about. do say love though. I do say love. You do but say that's because I think that's really because my family says love a lot. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, you know, and a lot of my family is from the north of England and they say love a lot. What's a northern England? Uh, like Liverpool or Manchester. Or, yeah, how you doing? How you doing? Yeah, uh, John Lennon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's one of the like, hey up. <laughs> that's a big. That's a big greeting from 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 up north. Mm. Up north. If you're up, John up, Snow. Up, up north. King of the north. King of the north. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that should be my touchstone. King of the north. Okay. So how about we both just say a sentence? Let's just get this over with Okay, well, we need to say the exact same sentence. okay, that's good. I think Spencer, give us a sentence. So you give us the sentence and we'll do it. 
Okay, here it is. Here's mm-hmm. the sentence. Okay. Okay, and you've got you to deliver this with like deep sincerity. Gusto. Okay, yeah. I want you to get the fuck out of my house <laughs> right now, you cunt. Oh, okay. no. Okay, you want me to, do you want to start, Joe? No. <laughs> All right, here we go. Harry <clears throat> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. A chimney sweet. Snow. It's a chimney. King in the north, king in the north. Here we go. Harry. Harry. That was a Hagrid. Harry. Mm. Mm, getting worse. Okay. <laughs> I want you to get the fuck out of my house. What is it? Right now. Right now, you, you fucking cunt. You can throw an extra fucking in there okay. if you want to, yeah. I want you to get the fuck out of my house right now, you fucking cunt. Mm. That's as good okay. as it's going to okay. be. Okay. Okay. Oh, hello. Hello. All right, then. Yeah. Ooh. I want you to get the fuck out of my house, you cunt. <laughs> you left out two fucks. Oh, what was no, it? Just... <laughs> All right, I'll give you point. Like, you were very good, but almost a little Irish. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, um you are very good too. Thank you. I feel mm-hmm. um, uh, a little too too much emphasis on like the consonant on house. So it's like, like what you want to do with that is you want to get a little more like you were kind of going a little Michael Caine, mm-hmm. but you weren't. But you weren't <laughs> going. Caine. You weren't going full Michael Caine. You weren't going. I want you to get the <laughs> fuck out of my fucking house right now, you cunt. That's you So yeah, you got you gotta have that you gotta kinda of drop certain things mm-hmm. like the word house is house. not house. It's it's, it's just house. Fuck <laughs> out of my house. My yeah. house right now. My ass. Wow. Sounds a little bit like my ass. My yeah. ass. Yeah. I want you to get the fuck out of my ass right now. <laughs> right That's now. more convincing for me <laughs> to say. I probably could have done better on that. You should have role played that. My ass. <laughs> okay. So, so I guess. Thank, so who's the winner? That's over. Oh. You know, I will give it. I'm gonna have to give it a tie for because they were both friendship. Were, mm-hmm. They yeah. both had they both had qualities. They, had both, <laughs> they both sucked, is what you're saying. Excellent. Okay, well, so we're now gonna, it's the we, moment. Yes, we're coming to the end. All been waiting for. We're coming to the end. We're coming to the edge. We're talking wild, crazy. We're talking crazy. We're talking raunchy. Oh, steamy. So steamy. Yeah, and exclusive. Oh, that's true. Wikipedia ain't got approved. nothing on this podcast. Okay, I'm, I've decided okay. that I'm going to give you two little stories. Oh, hell okay. yeah. Oh, guys, we told you. Yeah, we told we you this told would happen. You. Raunchy. And then, I mean, raunchy. They, they're, they're not that raunchy. They're not that raunchy. They are oh, kind they're of, fucking raunchy. <laughs> Ouse. No, Ouse. like, like in, in honor of these, these, both of these stories like have 80s references. Okay, kind of. okay, okay. Um, sort of in honor of hey, PrimoTheAlien.com. Fuck <laughs> Go yeah. Go check it out. Upcoming shows. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like, Vermont, you know, if you're it, listening. Yeah, Vermont. <laughs> if you're in Burlington, Vermont, I'll be there September 12th. So there you go, September 12th, mm-hmm. Burlington, Vermont. So yep. if, you, if you don't live there, Drive fucking there. go there. Yeah, yeah you got to <laughs> yeah. get there. You got to get there. It's a short drive, as we know. I think pot may be legal there. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, you have to look that up. Um, so I'm going to tell you two, they're not especially wild or crazy, but they're both funny, Mm -hmm. um, and musical. Oh. Raunchy. (laughs) And amazingly, neither of them involved drugs. Okay. So back, back when I was a teenager, I I used to dance a lot. Um, so I did like jazz and tap and was in a lot of clubs. 
and I was in Minneapolis. And I was on the dance floor and I was dancing with this girl and a total stranger, just met her and I'm flirting with her and we're just kind of dancing together. And all of a sudden these two huge guys, like mm-hmm. that obviously look like security mm-hmm. and they go up to the girl and they tap her on the shoulder and they kind of lean her away from me. And I'm like, okay, that was kind of fucking weird. Like, you know, thanks guys for, mm-hmm. you know, it's like sort of like the mother of all cock blocks. Cock blocks, I don't know, yeah. like whatever. So, and about 30 minutes later, I go up the floor. The, uh, the bathrooms were on the second floor of the club and you could look over from, there was a lounge that had a lot of like chairs that were sort of like roped off areas and you could look over uh, a balcony, like a mezzanine to see the dance floor below. Mm -hmm. And there were these same security guys like looking over the edge. And I'm walking to the bathroom and there's a booth. And in that booth is Prince with the girl that I'd been flirting with. Oh, Prince cock blocked you. Oh, it gets better. He, okay, this is already awesome. He looked, <laughs> I didn't see this coming, but now I get it. Mini, he was in yeah. Minnesota. He, he gestured to one of his guys to to grab me and take me over to him. Oh, so I go over a to three him. Three-way with Prince. <laughs> no, I, I wish, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks at me, and he goes, and he winks, and he goes, you're a good dancer. Aww. What the hell? And then just turns back to the girl and ignores me, and then I'm sort of escorted off to the bathroom where I was headed anyway. This is that's. Well, I that's mean, a okay, let's run compliment. down the list. Yeah, that was wild. It was. That was, it was crazy. It was raunchy. It, the dancing might have been erotic. Oh, I'm sure and it raunchy. was. Yeah. And what it was going to happen with Prince and this young oh, that's lady? True. Was to I'm fill sure. in some of the the oh. raunchy. Oh yeah. Nature. But sure, yeah. it was going to get that's real steamy. Most of the cylinders, I think. If but I got hit every cylinder. <laughs> but I did get completely <laughs> cock blocked, and I do also feel that his little wink and you're a great dancer was, was patronizing. Sl- slightly like, hey, you're good. But you ain't Prince good. You ain't Prince good, yeah. <laughs> I, and honestly, <laughs> I'd accept it. it. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, yeah. fantastic. I kind of yeah. did. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like I'd actually, I'd been at Paisley Park. I did actually, um, I met him a couple of times after that. But, you know, I got to, I, I'm, I got cock blocked by one of my heroes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to get cock blocked, you want it to be by one of your heroes, right? Yeah. Well, there are, there do seem to be those stories with Prince especially where it is just he just pops does up weird somewhere things, yeah. and does something strange well, that's what he does that's yeah. a great he, story do shit like that and my other story is similar okay um, dancing again I was a photo assistant so you're a big dancer I was a big dancer are you a good dancer would you say objectively I'm not as good as I used to be well okay. Prince objectively Prince, okay. said and that should go on the Wikipedia for oh, sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be first paragraph yeah. quality <laughs> this story is actually like funnier in in terms of me just not having a remote fucking clue what's going on it was around about the same time period i was working with a photographer i was assisting her and there was an opening of a big club in new york right just off of times square uh, what some magazine cosmo vogue whatever she did, she did a lot of work for them had hired her to shoot like the opening of the club so I assisted her for that, and we did that for a while. And once Just we- what you're saying right now sounds like the premise of like an episode of Sex in the City. Like It doesn't sound like something oh, that actually- really happens where someone like sh- hired to shoot the opening of a hot new club right <laughs> off <laughs> Alpha Times Square. It actually fucking happens. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And 
it takes about 12 seconds to shoot the opening of a club, you know, because... because <laughs> Doors open? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and then, you know, yeah. you, you're shooting the artwork and you're just shooting random people that are right. sitting on couches and, you know, it's, it's really to get a feel for the place. So we do that and then we're off, we're done. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go dancing for a while. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the dance floor and this girl comes over and starts dancing with me and it's getting very sort of like... You know. Raunchy. Yeah. What'd you say? Yeah. It's getting okay. yeah, raunchy. We hit one. <laughs> yeah. It's getting raunchy. Like like it was with the Prince girl. But mm-hmm. you know, so this is getting to the, the same level of raunchiness. <laughs> but um we dance for like two songs. And it's all of a sudden she gets like pretty touchy feely. I mean, not in, intensely so, but just I mean the whole thing was very like raunchy and then Wild. We, and then we and then Wild. we mm-hmm. and then we start kissing a little bit. Like as we're kind of dancing, mm-hmm. you know, just Crazy. central stuff. Then all of a sudden, let's cue the two giant black guys that <laughs> come over and pull her off of me. Prince. And <laughs> I know that fucking guy, right? Yeah. He's following me. Right. And pull her off of me. Um, and escort her off of the dance floor. And I was like, Okay, that was kind of weird. I wasn't actually even thinking about the Prince. But this was after the Prince. This was after the Prince story, and this was about two years later. It was in New York. Uh, So I'm like, okay, that was just fucking strange. Mm -hmm. So I I leave the dance floor, and I go over to the bar, and my buddy comes over, and he's like, dude, what the fuck? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you were just making out with Madonna. Are you serious? Hold on. Dead fucking serious. I had no idea. It was just some girl that was macking on me, and then her security people pulled her away. First of all, well, okay. <laughs> what year was this? This would have been nineties Madonna. Ninety two. Ninety two Madonna. Yeah. So this prime is, time. I mean, prime time. She's had many of the hits, if not. Oh yeah, most, 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 yeah, most, of, most the of the hits. Most yeah. of the hits. Yeah. So how? I didn't reckon. I didn't How did you not? Shit. Yeah. What was she it's wearing? Dark. I don't fucking remember. Huh. It was, it was dark. dark. It was dark. It was a club. It was just kind of. It was steamy. It was wild. It was yeah. crazy, and stuff was happening. You know, that is bananas. So yeah. you made out with Madonna. Well, I mean, I guess if you call sort of like you just know, a couple gentle kiss, kissing caresses, on the dance floor kiss. and sort of doing the whole Vogue body mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. If you call that making out, then yeah, I do. Otherwise, it was. Just, I would put it in the makeout column. Well, you would, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I consider. But a lot I basically of have. I know. Yeah. I basically have no real memory of it though. You know, based you on know. the fact that, you know, that stuff happened all the time in New York on a dance floor with random people. And, you know, there was a lot of people were doing things like ecstasy back in those days yeah. too, you know, so. Who were these people? Were you one of those people? I'd already gone through my, like, I, I dabbled in ecstasy when I was in, um, when I would go and visit London, when the whole like Ministry of Sound movement was starting and, and um, I, I dabbled in ecstasy. You got to do the right kind of drug. To the right kind of music, you do. people. It's key. You gotta it's know key. what drug matches up. You don't want to do ecstasy at a country concert. No. Okay, you don't want to do that. What do you want to do at a country concert? Just beers, just beers, totally. brewskis, okay. just some brewskis. You know. What do you yeah. want to do at a um, a rhythm and blues concert? Weed, like a little maybe. weed, a little weed. A little okay, weed. and then it's like like cocaine for automatically makes you want to listen Primo. to Aerosmith. Primo. Or primo, or primo. Coke, baby. Uh, Aerosmith is Coke? Okay. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. What oh. about the Bee Gees? <sighs> Maybe a good... have a shroom. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some shrooms. D- well, it depends on which Bee Gees era. Because mm-hmm. I think you, cause mm-hmm. some of the 60s stuff was kind of like fairly psychedelic. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, weed or, or shrooms. I think, 
you know, I think. But I mean, Saturday Night Fever type stuff. I, I mean, think you're talking about speed, speed or coke. Yeah, speed and coke, mm-hmm. baby. Oh, hell yeah, baby. You got to mm-hmm. dance. You got to party know. all night. Yeah. yeah, more than a woman. More than a woman. Oh, that song is yeah. so good. Yeah, PrimoTheAlien.com. Go check her out. <laughs> Spencer, thank you so much for oh, coming on the no podcast. Thanks for having it's me. You did not been, disappoint. You that did was not, those both those stories. Great stories. Excellent. Did, we did, got did two. They, did they were were they close enough to your criteria? Fan, oh, they, they were off spot the charts. on. Okay. Spot on. They and were I so blasted. They were bla- they blasted off just. Much like your DNA, your yeah, DNA like in your space, space jizz, <laughs> space jizz dot yeah. com, space jizz. space jizz, the musical coming yeah. soon. Yeah, you know, I think now on your Wikipedia page there is a whole section about dance dance floor <laughs> encounters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dance floor encounters is I, a section. I never actually thought of, like I mean I've told the those stories individually before, but I never connected them together. It sounds until, like you need to write you know, a book, you know, put them I all, put them all together. A memoir. Just, or maybe yeah. just something of the dance floor encounters. Cause I'm sure those aren't the only two. Um, yeah, that's that. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on <laughs> the podcast. It was fun. It was wild, raunchy mm-hmm, and crazy, crazy. All those things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think as a result, Joe and I have become closer. Uh huh. And that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, we, look, look, we got a little bit closer to the I love you moment. We did, we mm-hmm. did. It's like it's we true. had some therapy. Well, you are more than a woman to me. Joe. Oh. I know it's true. He says it. He says things in a jocular a fashion, yeah. but there's truth underneath. Absolutely. There's there's truth that underneath. one was mostly just a joke. Well, there's truth underneath. There's truth behind every joke, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what they say? Thank Maybe. you. Thank yeah. you, Spencer. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Or morning or what it's it's not radio. It's night right now. But. I want them to wait until nightfall <laughs> and then have a good one. Don't sue me, Spencer. I I can't see you. <laughs>